Chapter Five of The Hunting of the Snark by Lewis Carroll. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fit the Fifth, The Beaver's Lesson. They sought it with thimbles. They sought it with care. They pursued it with forks and hope. They threatened its life with a railway share. They charmed it with smiles and soap. Then the butcher contrived an ingenious plan for making a separate sally, and had fixed on a spot unfrequented by man, a dismal and desolate valley. But the very same plan to the beaver occurred. It had chosen the very same place. You neither betray by a sign or a word the disgust that appeared in his face. Each thought he was thinking of nothing but snark, and the glorious work of the day, and each tried to pretend that he did not remark that the other was going that way. But the valley grew narrower and narrower still, and the evening got darker and colder, till, merely from nervousness, not from goodwill, they marched along shoulder to shoulder. Then a scream, shrill and high, rent the shuddering sky, and they knew that some danger was near. The beaver turned pale to the tip of its tail, and even the butcher felt queer. He thought of his childhood, left far, far behind that blissful and innocent state. The sound so exactly recalled to his mind a pencil that squeaks on a slate. "'Tis the voice of a jub-jub," he suddenly cried this man that they used to call dunce as the bellman would tell you he added with pride i have uttered that sentiment once tis the note of the jub-jub keep count i entreat you will find i have told it you twice tis the song of the jub-jub the proof is complete if only i've stated it thrice the beaver had counted with scrupulous care attending to every word but it fairly lost heart and outgrabe in despair when the third repetition occurred. It felt that, in spite of all possible pains, it had somehow contrived to lose count, and the only thing now was to rack its poor brains by reckoning up the amount. Two added to one, that could but be done, it said, with one's fingers and thumbs, recollecting with tears how in earlier years it had taken no pains with its sums. "'The thing can be done,' said the butcher. "'I think. The thing must be done, I am sure. The thing shall be done. Bring me paper and ink. The best there is time to procure.' The beaver brought paper, portfolio pens, and ink in unfailing supplies, while strange creepy creatures came out of their dens and watched them with wondering eyes so engrossed was the butcher he heeded them not as he wrote with a pen in each hand and explained all the while in a popular style which the beaver could well understand taking three as the subject to reason about a convenient number to state we add seven and ten and then multiply out by one thousand diminished by eight the result we proceed to divide as you see by nine hundred and ninety-two. Then subtract seventeen, and the answer must be exactly and perfectly true. 
the method implied i would gladly explain while i have it so clear in my head if i had but the time and you had but the brain but much yet remains to be said in one moment i've seen what has hitherto been enveloped in absolute mystery and without extra charge i will give you at large a lesson in natural history in his genial way he proceeded to say forgetting all laws of propriety and that giving instruction without introduction would have caused quite a thrill in society as to temper the jubjub's a desperate bird since it lives in perpetual passion its taste in costumes is entirely absurd it is ages ahead of the fashion but it knows any friend it has met once before it never will look at a bribe and in charity meetings it stands at the door and collects though it does not subscribe its flavour when cooked is most exquisite far than mutton or oysters or eggs some think it keeps best in an ivory jar and some in mahogany kegs you boil it in sawdust you salt it in glue you condense it with locusts and tape still keeping one principal object in view to preserve its symmetrical shape the butcher would gladly have talked till next day but he felt that the lesson must end and he wept with delight in attempting to say he considered the beaver his friend while the beaver confessed with affectionate looks more eloquently even than tears it had learnt in ten minutes far more than all books would have taught it in seventy years they returned hand in hand and the bellman unmanned for a moment with noble emotion said this amply repays all the wearisome days we have spent on the billowy ocean such friends as the beaver and butcher became have seldom if ever been known in winter or summer twas always the same you could never meet either alone and when quarrels arose as one frequently finds quarrels will spite of every endeavour the song of the jubjub recurred to their minds and cemented their friendship for ever End of chapter 5